This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at Media Week magazine and our new online home, mediaweek.com.au. We chat weekly with people in all sectors of the media and more podcasts just like this can be found at mediaweek.com.au or on iTunes. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. Welcoming back an old friend, uh, Jim Carroll from uh, SBS, now Director of News and Current Affairs. Jim? I am, James. It's nice to be here. Uh, it's been a few years since we've spoken to you. Now, how long have you been at SBS? Arrived at SBS three years ago this month, in fact, initially as executive producer of World News, and then I transitioned to the director's role uh, in July, 1st of July. Okay. Okay. We've wanted to talk to you for quite a while, but it's a good time to get you in now because there's quite a big campaign going on for... Um, I guess, four key programs that you look after, is that correct? Yeah, correct, and, and not just for those programs, for obviously the, cross, the cross-platform output that we have across, um, uh, across online and, and radio as well. So, uh, so yeah, look, it's, it, we, we've gone through a pretty big transition over the past couple of years in particular. We've created what I consider a genuine one newsroom, which is a cross-platform newsroom with centralised commissioning uh, for radio, TV and online, and that's been embedded now for nearly two years, and it's, you know, it's been a huge project. Upskilling people across those uh, to ensure that they can deliver stories across those three platforms. But uh, you know we're pretty well bedded in now, and uh, and I think certainly our editorial focus is something that we should be pretty proud of. It is quite unique, and uh, I think we need to be out there telling people about that, particularly as I think people are more globally focused at the moment. I think we went through a period that uh, people became pretty insular, certainly around the end of the GFC, very concerned about their jobs and and, and mortgages and, uh, and and a whole range of domestic issues. But I think now people are looking at those, those big global issues, your refugees, you know, the global economy, because they do impact at home. And, uh, and uh, I think that's clearly a space that we are more effective than, uh, than, our, our, uh, than our competitors. I guess, uh, I'm just guessing here, but most people in media are sort of uh, producing more hours, but maybe even on less budget than they used to. Is that sort of a um, similar story with you? Are you putting out a lot more output than when you first joined? And, yeah, look, and look we are. Cer- cer- look, certainly in the digital space we are, and uh, and I think our radio output has increased as well. So look, probably in the online space, um, we, we are, we're producing about 120 hour, additional hours of TV, um, and to uh, to look at our budget, it's, it's probably pretty flat on where it was a few years ago, and in real terms, it's certainly less than it was a few years ago. But I think... The fact that we've been able to introduce one newsroom, reduce duplication across those platforms, I think we're doing it very effectively on a smaller budget, and uh, and uh, you know I think that's uh, that's a real benefit for our team. Uh, in terms of the actual digital space, do you find yourself looking much at a lot of online publishers from overseas? Something particularly about AJE Plus, so Al Jazeera's digital network, they've been making a lot of grounds in terms of bringing world and cultural affairs to younger people specifically through their social platforms. Do you look that, at that much at all as like a bit of an inspiration of something that you'd like to move towards? Yeah, look, I, I think absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we, we've certainly realigned our resources um, and that was one of the benefits of One Newsroom. It's, we did free up some resources that we were able to put into the digital space, very focused on social media engagement over the past couple of years. We've seen an 800% growth, for example, in our, in our Facebook uh, uh, activity, uh, nearly 300% on Twitter. Look, we're constantly looking to, to, to grow into those markets. Look, there's no, there's no doubt, and you know, I'm sure, James, you'd agree with this, that it, chasing younger audiences for traditional news content is, is pretty challenging. I think what I'm encouraged by is the fact that young people are consuming 
information more than any time in history. And certainly through through my, my career, it was always hard to engage the under 30s. Um, you know, they weren't newspaper readers, they weren't radio current affairs listeners, they weren't viewers of television newsborns, but they are voraciously consuming appetite on their on their devices. Um, can we transition them across to more traditional media platforms as they get older? Look, I don't think we're ever going to do it in the numbers that used to happen. I mean, there's, if you look at the, the research, certainly over you know, the past 30, 40 years prior to the uh, proliferation of digital media, young people did transition to traditional media formats as they took on more responsibilities. They reached their 30s, they got mortgages, they started having kids, they started watching network news and uh, and, and local news uh, more, more prolifically. I think that will still happen to a degree. Certainly our research shows that. We, still, we talk to young people a lot and they still like a curated news product at the end of the day. They don't want to always be interacting with their with 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 their devices certainly more than they they, they, they still want to do that to a, to a high degree but um, you know I still think there is a demand for for that for that traditional content but we have to play in the in 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 the new platforms otherwise we we're just not relevant and just thinking about sort of youth audiences and SBS news obviously one of the faces of SBS news is Lee Lynch Hin uh, there has been a very big push by the youth show on SBS to the feed so really amp her up as a comedic character um, does that have any sort of negative um, impact on you trying to really present her as a serious newsreader? Oh, look, I don't think so. I, I, Lee Lynn's bulletins continue to be our highest rated bulletins. Um, I don't think there's any harm in uh, in her being seen as having uh, multiple personas. And uh, look, I think the feed audience is vastly different from, from her traditional audience. And, and look, even looking at the feed, I mean, you look at a program like that, that was a pretty bold initiative by us a couple of years back, not something that Public broadcasters or even commercial broadcasters have been um, been pretty you know, particularly keen to, to to invest in that space. And look, we've done it. I think it's an outstanding program. It's won multiple awards in only you know, a couple of years on air. And but again, you know, that's that's not a essentially you're creating a show for a television audience that doesn't exist in great numbers. So it has to be successful in the social uh, in the social space in the in the digital space to to ensure that uh, that, that that it is getting cut through. So uh, so I think that shows the variety of what we're prepared to make an investment in. We've continued to support Dateline. We've continued to support Insight. Obviously, we're continuing to commit significant resources to uh, to our world news product, um, and yet we're prepared to experiment in a whole range of areas like the feed and obviously in social media and tr- and continuing to have strong investment in the uh, in, in the traditional website space as well. Yeah, and on the subject of Dateline, uh, foreign correspondents moved right into that time slot against it. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that come through? Look, I was a bit disappointed. I think uh, while they're quite different programs, and we've certainly reshaped Dateline pretty considerably over the past uh, over the past twelve months, I think I, th- I think you're limiting the opportunity of viewers to 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 see two very high quality internationally focused current affairs programs. And you know, I've, I've I've expressed my my concern about that. I know you can talk about getting it on demand. It tends to be older audiences. Older audiences are. Well, maybe less comfortable, less less adapted on demand. You're pushing it to nine thirty. A lot of people like to watch their recorded programs the same night. It starts to push it pretty late if you're starting to watch both of them. So look, I think there are a whole range of reasons. I don't think it's a fantastic idea. But look, the great thing about Dateline had a fantastic year last year. Um, ratings up twenty five percent in in twenty five to fifty fours, which is um, a pretty tough space to achieve growth these days. Mm. And you know the quality of the program is, is is just outstanding. So look, I'm very confident it's going to have an, have another great year. Prefer if uh, foreign foreign correspondent wasn't there, but you know, that's a decision made by the ABC. 
on the um, I don't know odd occasion, but sometimes it actually outrates inside. I think doesn't it? Don't yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. Is... It certainly had a very, very, very strong uh, first six months. I think that in the latter part of last year, the competition got pretty hot. Um, there was some certainly some pretty strong documentaries scheduled uh, that ran into its its time slot, um, but. Even with that, it was up significantly uh, across the across the entire year, and uh, you know I think it's a, it's a program that we're really proud of. Jim, the does the SBS budget reveal the size of what you have to spend on news? Is that sort of public knowledge or not? That uh, so I'm, I'm sure it's information. That, I'm sure it's information you could find out. I don't <laughs> think it's. I, you know, I don't think it in, in our annual report it's broken down to, okay. to to that level. What what sort of number of employees do you sort of look over? Uh, we have and, around about 150 across news and current affairs, and that's including all platforms as well. So yes. that, that, that includes our radio team and our online team. So even with the uh, with the amalgamation of the newsrooms, we still have people working on the individual platforms you know, the, from from an output side. So in terms of intake and in terms of story commissioning, that's done on a cross-platform basis, but obviously we have people as radio editors, chief producers of television, managing editors of online who are ensuring that the content is shaped ideally for those particular platforms. So we're not just regurgitating content and putting packaged television stories online. We're, uh, we're ensuring that we're shaping, shaping the product appropriately for the online audience, for the social audience, and obviously the expectations and demands of our radio programs are quite different to, to television as well. There's always a lot of commentary about, um, and this week's been no exception, about the, I guess, the is there an SBS charter and yep. what they should yep. be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about who, who's your news for? Is it, is it for all Australians? Well, is well, it, for, well, um, it is, and I, and I think you know, any, any clear understanding of our charter is, is you know, we were founded 40 years ago, we celebrated 40 years last year, and it was to service the needs of multicultural Australia, but also to ensure that... The, the broader Australian community understands multicultural Australia. And I think on any fair assessment, we are doing that better than we've ever done before. And digital is actually helping us in that space. Um, we broadcast in 74 languages across our, uh, across our uh, radio network. We, we have 43 lang- uh, langu- in-language news bulletins under our World Watch banner that people can access either through TV or online. I think one of the things I've been very focused on in, 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 in the news environment is stories about multicultural Australia or stories that are relevant to multicultural Australia. And you won't see a single night where we don't have stories of that and we're the only, only media company that does that because that's what we're there, that's what we're there to do and we are absolutely committed to that. And, um, and uh, it's, it's a real driving force behind every editorial meeting we have, whether it's for World News, whether it's for Dateline, whether it's for Insight, it's part of our DNA. And, uh, and I stress that to every person who, who, who comes through the door and, and wants to work with us. And, and usually they come through the door because they want to do that kind of work. In some of that commentary about, you know, what the broadcaster screening, I think it tends to be a bit misguided because they look at maybe the ratings for a handful of shows, like whether it be Tony Robinson's Wild West or great Scottish manor homes or something, that, that do very well, but then they don't see the great breadth of program you've just been talking well, exactly. about. exactly. I mean, know? even if you just look at, at January, James, and we, we, we did the Logan Project, which was actually driven by, by both the news division and content. It was an in-house, in-house um, um, documentary 
across two hours where we went up to the most multicultural region in Australia and, uh, and focused on the staging of a musical by, uh, by the Queensland Music Festival with James Morrison as the musical director and we also did Stories from Home which looked at migrant and refugee Australians and what they've achieved in, in this country. We did uh, a series leading up to Australia Day called First Day which talked to migrants and refugees about their first impressions of arriving in Australia. This is the kind of content that we do all the time. It's just, it's, it's, it's just part of it. it it's just part of what we do, and um, and uh, look, it's you know, it's, it's easy to make throwaway lines about things, but as I said, it's it's it, it's it's an incredibly strong focus for us, and I think we do it really well, and no one else is doing it. Yeah, um, in terms of the shifting ethnicity of Australia, so obviously you've got different sort of migrant groups, and over every ten years, you start seeing some different groups sort of really rise up, sort of larger sort of cultural forces, as well as in terms of just numbers. Um, how does that actually shift SBS News? Like, are you regularly paying attention to the makeup of Australia? Like, yep, each absolutely. census comes yep. out, is that a... Absolutely. You, yeah. We look at the census data, particularly important for ALC, which is which is um, our, our language programs, that there are constant shifts in, in resources to ensure that we're servicing servicing. Uh, growing communities, and and that's the same in the news space. We are very conscious of the communities which are growing, the communities that have particular needs, and um, and we ensure that we we service that, and uh, and and certainly cover cover stories of, from those communities on a regular basis. But also, it's not just stories about those communities; it's stories that are relevant to those communities to ensure that they are informed as they need to be as as new Australians. Yeah. Is there maybe a need for SBS to really be targeting them in native tongues as opposed to just SBS radio, which has a lot of um, native language? Because uh, obviously SBS news on TV is very much English language. Is there any opportunities to maybe do Mandarin news but produce... Yeah, look, we, we, we experimented with Mandarin news um, prior, prior to my arrival. And look, I think we're always looking at those kind of opportunities. Look, I think we're finding that historically we found radio is a really good way of reaching into communities. And, uh, and the fact that we have grown the number of languages to to align with, with growing communities. Um, look, it, it's certainly, you know, we're actually looking at a, at a small project at the moment, which I, which I won't go into, but yeah, it is certainly something that, uh, that we consider beyond radio. Obviously online, we're doing a lot of in-language online content as well. So, uh, and particularly a lot of uh, the, uh, the migrants and refugees are in those younger demographics and are pretty comfortable with, with social media and, uh, and, and digital um, delivery of information. So look, I think, we, uh, I think we're pretty astute about how we play it. Okay. Jim, uh, Dan's very big on this, um, you know, native language broadcasting <laughs> in, in, in uh, full disclosure. Hey, look, I, think, I, I come from a Slovenian background. <laughs> you know, I see the need in the But know, he, he, he tipped just a week ago that, that Seven um, could, in fact, maybe release a, a multi-channel in the Mandarin language. Well, Hasn't happened yet. They were but, talking about it. But he's thinking, you know, yeah, if, I think if uh, they don't do it, maybe yeah. SBS and you'll be sort of still half right. Yeah. I, I just think there is like obviously a big need, particularly Mandarin speaking. I think there's such a market. Yeah. And culturally, I think so many people are excited about China and yeah, Asian language. Certainly it's not something we're ignoring. <laughs> it's certainly something the, we're focused. We don't want to give too much away. Tell us about news conferences at SBS because when you worked in commercial <laughs> news, I'm guessing they'd be quite a different sort of meeting because... I'm guess at seven and nine they go through their rundown. They just think about how every story is going to rate, you know, and its its worthiness is probably also considered. But I guess it's it's takes second place. Would it be to the ratings? Yeah, look, Would that be uh, right, James? I think there's worthiness and there's dull, and and uh, you've known me a, lot, me a long time. I'm not into into dull news delivery, but look, it's it's a daily balance, and and 
But it would be – you must have a different sort of um, consideration to take in I, when you – Sure, and but I think the challenge of being a, a television news producer is making stories interesting and making making them relevant. You know, you may, may look at a story and say, well, how are we going to make that relevant? And, and that's probably more, more of a challenge rather than saying, well, we know that story is going to be a talking point today. It's more how we, how we shape that story that, that actually – Gives an SBS kind of message, and and we have a lot of discussions about that. Um, look, we, you know, one of my concerns when I, when I, when I first arrived was the quality of our domestic coverage, and I, and I think if we're asking people to commit for an hour around dinner time, it's a pretty tough ask. And look, I'll I'll, I'll be pragmatic about this. The fact is, we lose audience at seven o'clock. You know, mm-hmm. they watch the first half hour. I still think there's this view that well, I can get my my dose of international news on on SBS in the first half hour, and then I can switch across to the ABC for for, for my domestic coverage. My, Is that where the switch-off does happen? Yeah, it does. Yeah, look, yeah. That, 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 that's predominantly. Um, look, sport's always a bit of a hard sell towards towards the back end of the bulletin, but predominantly at 7 o'clock, you know, and we've introduced various techniques. You know, we, we obviously run stories across across the hour to try and retain audience. We've, we're running more finance in the back end of the bulletin because we actually think that's pretty important. You know, mo- uh, certainly multicultural communities drive a lot of the small business activity um, across Australia. They're very interested in investment. They're very aspirational, a lot of them. So we thought giving a little bit more focus on finance, it was an effective way of retaining that audience into the in, into the back half hour. And that's actually proven to be the case. Certainly our back half hour has been stronger over the last 12 months than, than, it, than it was previously. So, you know, if, if we're asking people to commit for an hour... We've got to make sure that they're pretty satisfied they're getting all that they want. And the fact is we've got to cover domestic news in an effective way. So, you know, we're continuing to build the strength of our, our Canberra Bureau, and, um, and that's really important. But, you know, just, I, I think there may have been a bit of a mindset previously that, um, that domestic courage was a bit of an afterthought. I think it's very important that we cover it well. Technology has been our friend to a bit of a degree. You know, you think of five, ten years ago, SBS couldn't do live crosses. In fact, they very rarely did a stand-up, in fact. Um, but with new technology, we don't need a $600,000 link truck. We don't need a half-million-dollar SNG. You know, we can essentially do it over a mobile, uh, uh, through, through mobile phone technology. And that evens the playing field a little bit. But we're never going to cover domestic news like, uh, like the commercial networks or the ABC do. But if we can give people a sense that they are getting the important domestic news that they want and that this new service is covering the really important international issues, then that's a pretty good balance and that's not what others are providing. I mean, we cover more international news than all the other bulletins combined. I mean, I think, that, I think that's the reality. We've got now there somewhere between 60 and 70% of our content is international. These are the important issues. These are the issues that a hell of a lot of Australians are concerned about because they're impacting here at home. And that's what the campaign's about, James. It's about stressing that, that what SBS is doing now is and has been doing for the last 40 years is more relevant to you than ever and maybe you should take a look at it. Those half-hour splits, are they significant? I mean, have you ever thought about doing what the project does and do SBS 6.30, <laughs> SBS 7pm? Oh, well, it's not significant enough to oh, worry look, about look, that. I mean, in my view, it's... it's or you don't it, need to play look, that look, rating scale Well, look, look we, do, we, do, we do play the rating scale. I mean, I, if people aren't watching, then, then that, that concerns me. And, and, and obviously, I want to have traction with viewers and with listeners and with online audiences. If we're not doing that, then, then we've got a problem. But you know, we, we, are, we also have a charter, and, and I'm a great believer in, in, in the charter and the importance of us explaining to Australians and exploring with Australians 
multiculturalism in this country. And it's never been more important than at this time. I mean, refugees and immigration policy, incredibly important. We have got growing communities. Um, Dan, as you said, we need to be attuned to the needs of those, those communities. And I think it's something we think about and deliver every day. SBS have a very good catch-up platform. Mm. Uh, they're very good about being across, I think, more platforms than any other uh, EVOD provider in Australia. What opportunities exist for news to really sort of um, express different sort of forms and get news out in a very sort of concentrated manner through that yeah. platform? Um, look, Dan, we're, we're constantly looking at that. We, we obviously look at what's occurring internationally. Uh, I think it is very interesting that there seems to be a bit of a, a flattening of traditional website Utilisation, um, certainly amongst you know the smaller players. You know we are a smaller player. I think you know the big player people will always go to the New York Times or the BBC and and here domestically probably News.com and and Fairfax and and the ABC. So you know I think we need to be pretty agile and you know as as, as I mentioned before, very focused on Facebook and Twitter and, and some of the social media platforms over the past couple of years. We've seen terrific growth there, but we need to be realistic that you know people are living in that social media environment. In total, they're not necessarily going onto social media, clicking through to the website, watching your TV news that night. I mean, I think we we need to be conscious that that we are perhaps providing more of a complete package, uh, or, or satisfying those those social media audiences more completely within what we're providing. So that's something that we're constantly thinking about and constantly looking to to implement. As I said, we are continuing to shift our resources around for where we think we can get the greatest value, but. At, all times, keeping at the back of our mind that we are here for a very defined purpose, and uh, and that's what I stress to the news and current affairs producers and journalists every day. Uh, who's SBS got overseas these days? Run so, us through what you've. Yeah, so look again with a lot of our overseas stories, we have access to an incredible range of um, international broadcasters. Um, in reality, we only have one full-time staff member. Overseas, and that's Brett Mason, and you know, that Brett only started just over three years ago. So uh, we previously had no one based overseas. We obviously send a lot of people overseas on stories. Um, interestingly, we're currently trialling an Asian bureau. So a former SBS reporter, Katrina Yu, is uh, currently working for us out of Beijing. She uh, has been covering the uh, the Lunar New Year, and she's going to be working with us for the next uh, three or four months as, as a kind of proof of concept. Can this, is it something that we can afford? Do we get value out of it? Katrina's a great young journalist, uh, uh, obviously speaks the language, which is, which is very helpful. Um, we've got a former SBS journalist that is now living in India, and, uh, and she's going to be providing for us on a regular basis. So we're excited about that. We've got a number of people in the US. Um, we've got a couple of Dateline uh, reporters uh, or regular contributors. Um, Kathy Novak, who was, uh, was a former SBS uh, reporter and presenter, is now living on the west coast of the US and uh, covered the most recent primaries for us. So I think we're taking advantage of those people that we've got around the world. Um, obviously, Brett travels through Europe and the Middle East, does extraordinary work, reports for news and for Dateline cross-platform, he's a video journalist, he files on social media, he, 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 is, he is quite extraordinary. Um, but yeah, look, we're gradually reaching out, but I, you know, we've just done a, a new deal with ABC America, which is going to give us access to more content with them. The fact that we have arrangements with CCTV, Al Jazeera, NHK, BBC, 
Deutsche Welle, France 24. I mean, we got quite a few compliments during the, uh, the terror attacks in, uh, in Paris because unlike the others, we actually decided to take the France 24 English service. And, uh, and again, we, we, were, we got many, many compliments on the, on the quality of that service. And we can, we can do that because if there's, a, if there's a terror attack in a particular market or if there's an incident in a particular market, we've quite often got access to a 24-hour English language service in that, uh, in that country. And how long does it take to flip on that service? It varies. Um, we <laughs> yeah. got that. I think we got that up reasonably quickly. We started the day, I think, with CNN, and then ran a little bit of BBC World. But that's something you, you can do it in a matter of minutes. Okay. Now, because it's coming in anyway via the satellite, it's a matter of just switching switching the signal. So it's not not overly complicated. Who gives your best bang for buck out of all those uh, deals you have with broadcasters, as opposed to you know the amount they provide and how much it costs you? You reckon? Oh, look, I, look, it varies. It varies on the stories. I mean, I think we, we, we obviously get great benefit from BBC. Uh, we have Channel 4 News that we, we run quite a lot of their feature content out of. Um, Al Jazeera is um, certainly in the, in the feature content space, um, is, 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 is a good provider for us. But, you know, we will take the best of everything. And, uh, and as a consequence, we, it allows us to provide a service that no one else can. With Al Jazeera providing their um, AJE feed online for free via YouTube, does that diminish the value for you as a provider? Oh, look, I think it makes us pretty selective about the stories that we run from them and look at potential alternatives. If there is, uh, if the BBC is doing a story or if Channel 4 is doing a story or Al Jazeera is doing a story and it's, it's common across those, we may be more likely to, uh, to, to take a, a Channel 4 or a BBC story. Or, in most cases, we do like to curate the content from all of them because mm. you know, there's obviously huge benefits in, in that in terms of not every, uh, not every one of those um, organisations tends to have the all elements covered, and um, and we can cover all elements by by pulling it all together into into one package and uh, and, um, and and doing that domestically here. Yeah, look, you've got to take part in a meeting soon, so there's a few quick things I want to run by you. Commercial TV news: Who's doing it best at the moment? <laughs> I've got a lot of friends there, James. <laughs> well, who's um, doing a good job? It doesn't have to be the best. You I, I'd what rank you them, like? I'd rank them all about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come oh, look, I think you know that. They, what do you? I mean. Is that a compliment to them all, maybe? And then you need to be watching what they're all doing because oh, you've got to... You look, know, I mean, I'm, I'm an old commercial TV animal, so I, I, I watch the commercial news services. Look, I think they, they are targeting their markets pretty pretty effectively. Yeah, look, I, I know you look at places like Channel 10 doing it on pretty limited resources. It, it, you know, they're, they're, they're in a tough place. Um, um, no Do you reckon they'll ever outsource 10? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Um, but... Who's to say? Who's yeah, to say? Very, yeah. very hard to predict. But look, you know, I, I, I don't think you, you would look at any of the news, the, the primetime news bulletins in Australia, and say they're doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. The um, what um, what's ahead for you this year? Are there things you you really would like to do that are on your to do list? Yeah, look, we've, we're working on a uh, a pilot at the moment that I won't go into details of. But again, that's something that's pretty focused on what a lot of uh, people from migrant and ethnic background now involve themselves in. Um, and let's just say it's probably more likely to be on the business side, so we're, we're looking at that. Um, I think continuing to bed in the one newsroom structure and make sure that we are meeting the demands, particularly in that social media space, so we're working, we're v- working very hard there. Um, and 
Insight's got a new executive producer working with him to ensure that that program is as relevant and as interesting as it needs to be. And with Dateline as well, it's only the second year of its its new structure. Um, it's going to be a competitive space for all those programs. Um, we've made some changes to the feed as well. We've gone double-header with that. You know, I, you know, I'm incredibly proud of that program. They're going to do some investigations this year. We did, we did a couple last year, so uh, we've given them a bit of a budget to do five half-hour domestic investigations. And is yeah. that all Sydney-based? You did that really good one in the Housing Commission Homes yep. last year, the Towers, yep. but it just seemed like it was very Sydney-centric. Yeah, look, look Dan, we, we, will, we will travel around Australia to story. So, you know, it, it's a program with not a big budget, but we found that we had access to a little bit of money. I was very impressed by what they did on the uh, on the investigative side, and we've got an international internationally focused program in Dateline. I think the feed gives us an opportunity to to drill a little bit deeper on the, on, on the domestic front, and no, certainly not confined to Sydney. They uh, they can they can travel around the country, and in some cases have, have gone overseas. So I, I think you know, we're, we're working 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 with them, and you know continuing to ensure that we deliver great quality content to the language programs. We are a provider of content to to those 74 languages, making sure that that content is really relevant to them and, um, and yeah, just continuing to watch what's occurring in overseas markets to ensure we're not left behind in either the technology space or from an editorial perspective. Two quick final things from me. Does Mark Fennell get paid less now he's co-hosting, mate? Has he, <laughs> has he had to share that, uh, I couldn't possibly tell that, you that. that big budget? Okay, you've, you've uh, fudged me on that question. Uh, commercial news, we've seen um, seven and nine, their coverage spread across the day. Is there ever a chance you reckon they might be tempted to do their own news channel or maybe as a, a combo of either a multi-channel or just an online offering where they're really going almost 24-7? Yeah, I don't think they're far off that now, really. They're, they're, That's what I mean. Yeah, that wouldn't be a big stretch, would it, yeah, to look, I mean, fill I those gaps? Yeah, the, the fact is that um, with you know, compression technology, you know, the number of channels they can ultimately put out is possible. Are we really a big enough market to have more than a couple of um, 24-hour news channels? I don't know. I, I don't think it'd be top of their priority list. I think um, yeah, they're very, very competitive in that in that prime time space, and they want to make sure they're getting that right. Is there value there? You know, look, it's certainly it's certainly cheap content, but um, I, I just don't know if there's a. If there's Do you a want more there. hours in the day? Would you like to put your hand up? Do you for, for, for news? Yeah. Oh, look, I think I think we've got a pretty good balance, and and the fact is, it's not it's not just about television hours. It's about distributing the content. The, the vast amount of content that you've got across all platforms to meet people's to meet people's demands and expectations, and uh, and I think it's more that kind of thinking than saying we should have more news content um, in uh, at particular hours. You know, not not forgetting that we run a lot of World Watch bulletins, James, through the through the day on SBS One and, and uh, on SBS and SBS Two. So uh, so we actually do fill a lot of the airtime there. Um, but uh, you know, I think we're travelling okay with the with the current structure that we've got. But we're Always, always looking, always thinking about what we can do next. You having a good time? I mean, is it a bit less stressful at SBS? I mean, you look pretty chilled sitting here chatting to us. <laughs> I think it's the heat. <laughs> um, is it less stressful? Um, I mean, you say you're under a lot of pressures, I guess. But yeah. I mean, you, look, I, I, you I don't get hammered. You, you, you no, don't sort but, of get nervy every but, day at nine well, o'clock. Well, I think I think there. I kind of. I'm pretty. I'm pretty hard on myself. So you know, I think you've known me known me a long time. I I don't just introduce change for change's sake. I, I introduce change because I think it's important for the division and because I think it's going to be better for audiences. So it, look, it's been a pretty challenging period over the past couple of years. Made a lot of change. Um, making change in public sector organisations can be quite challenging, and that and that can be 
pretty uh, yeah pretty stressful. But I'm not a I'm not a stressed kind of personality. I don't think James. I think I'm I remain fairly calm. All right. Anything you want to end on, Dan? Uh, no, I think we're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Look, uh, we we better let you uh, get. You've already missed the meeting, but you'll have to dial in now because you can't get there. So sorry about that. Ten minutes to go. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, James, Dan, appreciate the opportunity. Great to talk. Good on you. Thanks, Jim. This has been another Media Week podcast produced with the assistance of Abe's Audio. If you like this podcast, find more at mediaweek.com.au or on iTunes, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at MediaWeekAUS.